Welcome to Westport Road Baptist Church. We're so glad you've decided to join us for today's message. Westport Road Baptist Church is located at the corner of Hurstbourne Lane and Westport Road in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have a Bible, please have it handy and prepare your heart and mind as our pastor, Chip Pendleton, brings us the Word of God. Well, good morning. It's great to see everybody, especially welcome everybody online. If you're watching online, don't forget, you can get the scripture and the, uh, the outline and everything right there in your, in your notes on the app. And uh, welcome everybody. We're starting a new sermon series as we kick off the season of Lent called Living a Life of Passion. And we're going to be going through the life of Jesus and seeing what Jesus was passionate about, what we need to be passionate about ourselves. Now, passion is something hard to explain, but something easy to see. A couple of weeks ago, I interviewed our associate pastor, Larry Percival, uh, on WRBC Live. And Larry, of course, played basketball at the University of Kentucky, grew up in eastern Kentucky. He talked about it pouring down rain and there being nothing but mud and him being in the backyard shooting baskets for hours in the rain and the mud. I'm being waved at. Oh, I've got my mask on. All right, who thinks it was better with it on? All right, thank you, thank you. Yes, that's, that makes me feel much better. All right, but Larry, thank you, David. I, I, just, I thought David was a big fan back there. He just kept waving at me. I didn't, I didn't know what was going on. All right, so that's passion. Passion is uh, the, the song Summer of 69, Brian Adams talking about playing the guitar until his fingers literally bled uh, that he was there trying to, trying to master the guitar. Uh, passion, we see it, we know it. Webster's defined passion as this way, an intense driving conviction, uh, a desire or affection. Intense driving conviction, desire or affection. And when somebody's passionate about something, you know it. Uh, before Alex Trebek died, the, the host of Jeopardy, he was passionate about ho- helping the homeless and started a couple of homeless shelters in the Los Angeles area. And when he passed away, Jeopardy basically got him a new suit every time he did a show. And they had all of these suits from all of the years there that he would choose from. And so they decided to donate the, sho- the, the suits uh, to a homeless shelter that was getting people ready to do job interviews. And here's some of the people picking up their suits uh, from the Jeopardy set uh, that was donated to them. When something is passionate, you know what that passion is all about. So we're going to look over in Luke chapter 2 today. Take your Bibles, look over to Luke chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 39. And this particular story in Luke chapter 2 is from, uh, it's really the only childhood story from Jesus that we have in the entire Bible. So it's Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 39. And the first thing we see is this. We are all searching for passion in our lives. We are all searching for passion in our lives. Look down to verse 39. As we get started here, it says, When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee and to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. So we see here just this child Jesus. He's growing up. He's, he's a, a very mature young man. Uh, he's filled with wisdom. Everybody that sees him knows that he's a very special young child as he's growing up. Now, when you think of Mary and Joseph and you think of passion, what do you think Mary and Joseph were passionate about in their life? I believe what Mary and Joseph were passionate about was Jesus. 
because everything about Jesus and his birth and his raising has been miraculous. Here was Mary, a young teenage girl who'd never had sex that suddenly shows up pregnant. And uh, then she, the angel appears and tells her that this is a special child. This child is the son of God. Joseph also has an angel appeared to him. So from the very beginning, they know this child is special. They know this child is the Messiah and they're passionate about Jesus. And so that's their one great passion is making sure they're the best parents they can be for this special child. Down to verse 41. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went to the festival according to their custom. So every year they went to the Passover. They traveled in the big caravan. They wanted Jesus to have that experience. Jesus is now 12 years old. 12 years is a very important age for a Jewish child. At 13 is your bar mitzvah, where you officially become basically an adult and you enter into public worship and you can go into the services and, and worship God uh, as an adult. But at 12, you're, undergo, you're undergoing religious instruction so that you can enter in to the public worship and you're also training basically for your apprenticeship and whatever your job's going to be. So this is a very important age and Jesus is 12 at this particular time. Keep reading verse 43. Now when the festival is over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for an entire day, and they began to look for him among their relatives and friends. When they didn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. Now imagine how panicked Mary and Joseph must have been. Jesus is their entire passion in life. They're on their way back home, and they just think that Jesus is with some friends or some relatives. They're in this big caravan traveling back to Nazareth. He's a very mature, responsible young man. They're not worried about him doing something rash or something stupid. And then that night, they can't find him. They travel all the way back to Jerusalem. It's now been two full days. They look for him an entire day in Jerusalem. It's now been three days. Can you imagine if you've lost your passion? They've lost the Son of God. Can you imagine their prayers at night as they're frantically searching for Jesus? Uh, God, sorry, we kind of lost your son. You know, <laughs> I hope you don't remember this in judgment or something like that. You know, uh, they're, they're probably beside themselves in panic thinking that they have lost the one thing that they were they're supposed to be doing, taking care of Jesus as he was growing up. You know, as I think about that and, and that they've lost Jesus and Jesus being their passion, uh, it reminded me that we've lost both of our kids at one time or another. Anybody here ever lost your kids for a little while? They're, yeah, hands going, going up everywhere. Uh, now, Andrew, we weren't worried about. He was, you know, we lost Andrew at church one time. And Dawn thought I had him. I thought she had him. We both went home in separate cars. We weren't worried. He was five years old. He could take care of himself. We knew that he was wandering around church somewhere. And if somebody did grab him and take him home they would have brought him back believe me so we weren't worried about about any of that you know going on now Alyssa we were we were really uh frantic with Alyssa because I, Don and I were actually making a visit in Virginia uh to a, to a lady and she lived across the street from Southern Virginia College Alyssa was playing in another room at this lady's house she was about five at that time too and when we got ready to go she wasn't there we couldn't find her anywhere. I was opening closets in this lady's house I'd only met once looking for my child and everything like that. We looked all through the yards and everything. We finally found her 15, 20 minutes later over walking around the campus of the college across the street that was there. And we were frantic for those 15 or 20 minutes. Can you imagine if you'd lost the Son of God for three days? 
how frantic you would be at that particular time. And that's where Mary and Joseph were at this particular time. But you know, it's interesting that a lot of us, when we look at life, we want to live life with a passion, but which just doesn't seem to be happening. As a matter of fact, Columbia University did a recent study about passion in life, and this is what they said. 60% of the people they surveyed said that they were bored or disappointed in life. 60% of people said they were either bored with life or just disappointed with life. 73% said they would give anything to be able to go back to middle or high school and just start it all over again because they'd really messed the whole thing up. 73% of people, I've just messed this life thing completely up. Columbia then asked their graduates, what do you, what's important to you when you graduate? 90% said they wanted to work in a job that fulfilled them and that they thought was important, 90%. When they then surveyed them a few years after they graduated, 83% said that they did not feel they were working in a job that they felt fulfilled in. 90% wanted to, 83% weren't. And so that begins to show us, hey, you know, there's this disconnect between the passion that we want in life and what we are looking for. It just doesn't seem to be there. We seem to be missing that passion. And people keep getting pulled further and further apart. In Japan, especially in Tokyo, they're doing something now called rent-a-friend. Has anybody seen, seen this? Uh, you can actually rent a friend or a family. Uh, so if you don't have a friend, just say, hey, I want somebody uh, to hang out with me today. I'm going to rent a friend. They charge between $25, $50 an hour. It's $50 if you want to rent a family. And what you do if you rent a family, let's say you're in Tokyo, your family's in some other city, you have nobody there, you just rent a family that night. You go have supper with them, you watch a little TV. When it gets time to go to bed, they kick you out, you go back home. But hey, you've rented a family for the night. People so missing connection and passion and meaning in life that they're living without it. Mary and Joseph are searching for Jesus. They've lost that passion. If you're uh, watching online right now, here's one of those interactive questions we have sometimes. The interactive question is this. Name something you're passionate about right now. Name something that you are passionate about right now. Just put that in that chat feature. That brings us to the second thing that we see in our scripture. To find our passion, we have to find what's really important in life. If you're going to really find your passion, you have to find what's important. We're passionate about a lot of things. And some of the things we're passionate about, it's not bad. You can be passionate about it, but it's not going to last forever. And it's not something that's going to give meaning and purpose to your life. Some people are passionate about their hobbies. You know, uh, they have a hobby, you know, photography or, or uh, collecting coins. And, and you know that they're just eaten up with it. They're obsessed with it. Some people are, are passionate about politics. And uh, I think you know, we all know if you're passionate about politics, you're going to get upset and disappointed time after time again. Some people are obsessed and passionate about fashion. You can tell today that I'm very obsessed with fashion as I, as I stand up here uh, before you. Some people are, are passionate about sports. Uh, you know, sports is, is the end all. You know, you see them, it's five degrees below zero and they don't have a shirt on and their bodies painted the color of their favorite team because they're passionate and probably stoned too, but still passionate uh, while they're out there, out there doing that. So we're passionate about a lot of different things, and there's nothing wrong with having passion for these things, but you need to have a passion about things that are going to last. Let's see how that happens with Jesus in our scripture passage. Look down to verse 46. After three days they found him in the temple courts, 
He was sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and at his, and at his answers. Now, a lot of times when this story about Jesus in the temple, we misunderstand what was happening here. And we say, Jesus was teaching the teachers. Jesus wasn't teaching the teachers in the temple that day at 12. Jesus was around the teachers, listening to them teach, asking questions, and everyone was amazed at his understanding and at his answers to the questions that the teachers were asking. So he's participating with the teachers here. He's not necessarily teaching them, but everyone is amazed at this young man. So what's going on with Jesus? Why would a responsible, mature young man just not go with his parents and stay in the temple? Because something happened to Jesus when he went into the temple that time. When he went into the temple, feelings and things he'd had his whole life suddenly began to make sense. This is where I was supposed to be. I am the son of God. I am on a mission to save the world. And all of this suddenly becomes overwhelming to him at one moment in the temple. And he's just, this is where I need to be. This is it. And he's just uh, amazed and overwhelmed as the passion and the reality of who he is comes upon him here. He has finally found his passion and his meaning. You can look for passion and meaning in a lot of different things. You can even look for it at church. There are a lot of people who come to church all the time and they serve hard at church and they do everything they can and they just end up getting burned out and they lose their passion because you have to be passionate for the right thing. And Jesus tells us what the right thing is. Now, in the weeks to come, we're going to be talking about this. There is a central foundation that you need to be passionate about that. And then after that, it's going to look different for everybody. So you have this foundation, this is the passion, but the way you fulfill it is going to be different to you. It's going to be your abilities, your understanding, your personality. So your passion, everybody's passion will look different, but it's going to be based on the same foundation. And what is the foundation for the passion that we all need to have if we really want meaning and purpose in life? If not even church and church activity can give us that passion, what's going to give us that passion? Well, Jesus tells us, and we're going to take a little side tour over to Matthew 22. If you want to turn over to that, Matthew 22. Jesus is asking Matthew 22, what's the greatest commandment in the law? And this is how he answers in chapter 22, verse 37. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. Now, can you hear the passion in that? Love God with all of your heart with all of your soul and with all of your mind. This is passion. And then he says, this is the first and the greatest of all the commandments. And the second is just like it. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. On these two things hang all the law and prophets. So Jesus says everything in the Bible, everything the law and the prophets are trying to teach you, all this stuff that seems so confusing and overwhelming to us, Jesus says it's all summarized in two things, love God and love people. And if you do that passionately, if you love God with a passion and you love him with your heart, mind, and soul, if you love people passionately, 
It's going to be the foundation of a life that's truly going to be different and that people are going to look at in utter amazement. That's where the passion is going to come from. Jesus has found that passion now in the temple. As all of those feelings that he's had his whole life come together and crystallize and he knows who he is and everything now looks different, he's overwhelmed as he's in the temple. And that brings us to the third thing that we see. When you finally discover your passion in life, you're going to realize that nobody's going to understand it. Nobody's going to understand it when you get passionate. Because what did we see in that Columbia study? What we saw in that Columbia study is that everybody wants to be out of a passionate life, and nobody has it. As a matter of fact, six out of ten people are just bored with life. And so if that's where the majority of people are, if you finally find something that gives you passion... People are going to look at you like you're crazy. And that's exactly what happens to Jesus. Look down, if you will, to verse 48. When his parents saw him, so they're looking for him, thinking he's been kidnapped, he's been killed, something's going on. They find him just sitting in the temple, listening and talking to the teachers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, son, why did you treat us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. So here's Jesus overwhelmed in the temple. Mary and Joseph find him and Mary walks up to him in this moment of unbelievable self-actualization. And she doesn't care because she doesn't understand. And instead she says, why did you treat us this way? We've been anxiously searching for you. My son, why did you do this to us? And then Jesus reads what sounds on the surface like kind of a, a rude response, but we'll see that it's not. In verse 49, Jesus says, why were you looking for me? Didn't you know I'd be in my father's house? And so Jesus' answer was, I don't understand why you were looking for me. I went home. I'm home. And Mary looks at that and look at what it says in verse 50. But they didn't understand anything he was saying to them. None of it made sense. This moment of overwhelming for Jesus, I don't understand why you're looking for me. And all they think is, what do you mean you don't understand why we're looking for you? We've been looking for you for three days. We're about to go crazy. People aren't going to understand when you start living with passion. And especially if your passion becomes God and other people, they're not going to understand that passion. People aren't going to understand when you start loving God with all your heart, mind, and soul. People are going to call you a fanatic when you start loving God with all your heart, mind, and soul. People are going to say, why are you living different and doing different things and acting different? They're going to think you're crazy when you start loving God with all your heart, mind, and soul. It doesn't make any sense. I remember in a previous church I pastored, we were getting ready to go on a mission trip, and I went over to talk to one of the guys before the mission trip about something that we were doing, and his son-in-law was there, and his son-in-law was not, was not a, a believer, and when I was leaving, he said, can I ask you something? And I said, yeah, why, what's going on? He goes, so my father-in-law, he's going to take a week of his vacation, and he's going to pay money to go somewhere where he can work hard for a week for people he doesn't know. And I go, mm, yeah? And he goes, well, that's the craziest thing I ever heard in my life. People aren't going to understand when you have a passion for something. People aren't going to understand when you start having a passion for loving people. 
when you forgive people that don't deserve to be forgiven, when you put up with people you shouldn't put up with, when you help people that you don't even know just because they need help. People are going to look at that and they're going to think, why are they acting this way? Why are they doing this? This isn't the way people act. You take care of yourself. You don't look out for other people. People aren't going to understand when you do that. Abby Meeker is a 10-year-old boy, and a 10-year-old, you know, your thoughts aren't exactly on altruism, uh, but, but Abby Meeker uh, uh, was a boy that started worrying about the workers at the hospital because there was a snowstorm last week. Anybody know that there was a snowstorm last week? No, seriously, there was. Luckily, Dawn and I were in Costa Rica on the beach, and it was like 90 degrees or something like that, but it was dangerous where we were, too. We could have sunburned at any moment. And so there, there was constant danger that, that was in the air uh, as we were there. But anyway, Abby Meeker uh, began to look at the snowstorm. He only lived about three blocks from the hospital. And he, he, he had this great uh, uh, care for, for the, the people that worked there. And so he got a friend that moved next door. They walked down to the hospital, and they cleared 80 cars in the staff parking lot of snow. And then they would wait there as people would come out to the cars, and they would run over and make sure if other snow would fall. They all got that off. Now, a lot of people would think that was crazy. You're 10 years old, and you're going to spend an entire night in the freezing cold in a snowstorm getting the, the cars of people you don't know the snow off of them. But he was passionate, but people don't understand passion. And that brings us to the last thing that we see in our scripture passage. If people don't understand your passion for loving God and loving other people, it's okay. Do it anyway. Because you know what? It's going to turn out to be the best thing for you. And it's going to turn out to be the best thing for them. They might not understand it. You might not understand it at the time. But when you have passionate love for God and for other people, it's the best thing for you. And it's the best thing for people that don't even understand it. So pursue your passion anyway. All right, look down to verse 51 as we end up with our scripture. Then Jesus went back to Nazareth with them and he was obedient to them. Now, I think that may have mean he got in a little bit of trouble. Uh, he went back and he was obedient to them as he went home. Uh, Mary doesn't understand any of this, but look at what it says at the end of verse 51. But his mother treasured all of these things in her heart. So she didn't really understand, but she thinks about it deeply. Second time scripture's told us this about Mary. The first time was, okay, these angels show up, shepherds show up. They start saying, hey, this is the son of God. They give Jesus presents. Wise men come, show up and give him all these gifts. And then it says, but Mary treasured all these things in her heart. Mary was a deep thinker. And she went home and she's thinking deeply, what's all this stuff really mean? What, what is Jesus talking about when he said, how are you looking for me? Didn't you know I'd be home? And so she's trying to put all this together. And then verse 52, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. Now that's, that's a more important verse than we might think. You know, we read it all the time. Oh, he grew in wisdom and stature and favor. It means he grew physically and mentally and, and you know, uh, spiritually. But what it's saying is, hey, you know what happened with Jesus here? He went back and now he knew who he was. And so people are still impressed with him. He grew in favor with people. This is a special child. But now he's growing in favor with God. He's getting closer and closer to God and knowing who he is and what he's supposed to be doing in life. And all of that is coming together because of what has happened in the temple. Pursuing his passion anyway. It's great to be passionate. 
You'll have a lot of things you're going to be passionate about in your life, but most of them are going to be temporary. You need to be passionate about things that are eternal, that will last forever. And the number one thing we need to be passionate about is loving God and loving other people. Haley Bridges is a 17-year-old teenager who lives in Wisconsin and works at a Chick-fil-A restaurant there. The restaurant had a party for their employees at Christmas that she worked at. And during the party, they had a grand prize, and the grand prize was a new car. And this 17-year-old teenage girl without a car wins the car. Now, that's pretty good that you've just won this new car. And the first thing she did when they gave her the keys was to turn around and hand the keys to another employer, employee. The employee was a, a young lady by the name of Hokulea Tongachia. Uh, she was from Hawaii. They just moved to Wisconsin. She lived three miles from the Chick-fil-A restaurant, and she rode to the restaurant on her bicycle, and it was starting to be bad weather, and she was riding three miles on her bicycle every day. So when Haley won the car, she walked over and handed the keys to Hokulea, and when she handed them to her, she says, I can't take this. And Haley said, hey, my mom brings me to work. It's okay. Your mom can't do that because she's working. I want you to have this car. You need it more than me. Now, that might sound like a crazy thing for a 17-year-old girl who just won a car to do. Hey, thank you for this several-thousand-dollar car. I'm going to just give it to somebody else. Sounds crazy. When the world sees you loving God and loving other people, it may sound crazy. But believe me, in the long run, it ends up best for you, and it ends up best for them. Let's have a prayer. Father, thank you for loving us so much. You have been passionate for us. You were passionate when you created us. You're passionate when you sent Jesus to die on the cross for us. And you're passionate in the way you care for us now. Father, help us to have that same passion for you and for others. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we come to this time of invitation, and the first thing I would say is for you to look at your life and to ask yourself, am I being passionate about the right things? Am I really passionate about loving God and loving others? We're going to talk about what that means more later on. But just to commit yourself now, Lord, help me to be passionate about the right things. Second, if you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then you need to know God's passionate about you. Jesus died on the cross for you because he loves you so very, very much. And what you need to do is you need to talk to somebody about what it means to be a Christian, how you can do that if you're online. Hit that prayer tab right now. Somebody will be talking to you in real time. If you're in person, when you go out, go over to the Welcome Center. We have a card for you to fill out. Somebody will be in touch with you. And we'll talk to you about all of this. But find the passion that God wants for your life. Okay? We hope you enjoyed today's lesson and that it spoke to you. If you have prayer needs or want more information about us, we invite you to stop by our website, mywrbc.org, and click on Contact. Please use the word podcast in the subject line. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, keyword mywrbc. At Westport Road Baptist Church, we love God and love people. Please join us for Sunday morning service at either 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. We also have Sunday school for all ages during both service times. Thanks again for listening, and join us next week for another message from God's Word.